budget for champagne social butterflies. The aspirational podcast for hopeless people. And it's episode 8. And I'm your host, Donna Scott. Got my first gig back this Thursday. So that's at the Phoenix Pub in Coventry. Did tell you that I was going to have my first gig back next week in Leighton Buzzard. But now I've got another one. So I've got this one first in Coventry. And I'm there with, with Neil as well. He's there in his Ewan Kershaw guys. He's there in his Ewan Kershaw guys, guys. So that's going to be awesome. So how are you lot anyway? I am fantastic. Thank you very much. I hope you've been up to some good stuff this week. I have. I've been doing a lot of writing. I'm afraid I haven't got any BBC writing successes for you this week. But myself and Neil, we both went to the BBC New Voices competition yesterday in Castle Ashby. And we both got through. Yeah. So there's like another round. And I heard a few of the comedians around the country have had a go at this. I mean, I first heard of it through the comedian Rob Coleman, who was advertising the one that was in Peterborough. And I know that Dan Collins, who's a sort of local lad, he had a go at one somewhere else. And Susie Wilde, she's had a go at it as well, and they've both got through. Yeah, what a lovely day it was as well, Castle Ashby. I'm glad we went there, because that's a really nice place. Um, I mean, I've actually done stand-up with Alan Moore as part of Artsmageddon in 2016, talking about Castle Ashby, but I'd never been, because I happen to know that it was one of the um, places where there was a parliamentary candidate, and there was a couple of other places as well, and they were all trying to out-party each other to try and get the votes of the very few voters at the time. And yeah, I can't even remember what happened there, but somebody had their cellars drunk dry and it's possibly there i can't remember well yeah memorable set donna (laughs) what can i say it was specially written it was one off but yeah castle ashby is beautiful and there's lovely gardens i mean they were mostly closed off because of the inclement weather but apart from that we had a lovely time and um we got there before it was open and you know there was some bbc people telling us we couldn't come in yet so we had, we had a walk around the fields, sort of like, but I was going over what I was going to say. Neil was going over what he was going to say, then changing it. And, you know, it all worked well because we got through, so that's good. I talked about Eric, didn't I? Well, you know my story of Eric. Listen to episode one if you don't know my story of Eric. Listen to flipping everything because I just talk about Eric non-stop. Eric being the tumour that I had removed from my belly six weeks five days ago now yeah i've had my first day back at work today as well in the office and people have been like wow it's crazy where are you there's no yeah because there's less of me everyone's saying i look really well again everyone says i look so well what i'm gonna say guys just get rid of one stone of flesh that you didn't know you had growing inside you (laughs) And then that you'll be fine. You'll look great. You'll start fitting all your old dresses again. But yeah, we got to the BBC thing way too early. And then we needed a cup of tea. And then by the time we got back to the tent, there was loads of queues. <laughs> Say loads. Uh, we came in at number 21 and 22. So there weren't that many. I mean, it must have taken about two hours to do the first seven people. And then the judges needed a break. So... 
we were like after that break and then we spent pretty much the whole day there we didn't leave until about three and we saw Kezabel in the queue as well she was having a go at doing the um thing she'd have done all right Kezabel is a is an awesome poet she's one of the people who's got a great line in Alan Moore's film The Show and she looks well good in it (laughs) yeah so we saw her and then we were just chatting loads of people in the queue as well and it was some really cool people we saw that day one lady she took a flipping cake massive like proper celebration cake to woo the judges with (laughs) good grief (laughs) well we didn't do that because if i had a massive cake you know what would happen i would eat the cake and saying we were up for a competition to be on the BBC, well, we managed it twice yesterday. We got interviewed on the way in, and then uh, we got interviewed by somebody else round the sort of menagerie for Tim Wheeler's show. What can I say? We must have made so many cool wisecracks about the marmosets that the scouts milling around the crowds thought, well, there's the ideal couple to talk to about some of the animals here and it was a real shame because these meerkats were like thinking well they're there for ages they must have something and they just kept begging us for food they're giving us the the big eyes going you must have food (laughs) and i did have food i had half a pork wrap but uh, i wasn't gonna give it to the meerkats don't worry i know that they don't eat those they eat larvae and bananas We must have looked weird to everybody else who was sort of around the meerkats going, those two are just by the meerkats a lot. They must really love meerkats. Um, We do. uh, But they just wanted us to stay until they they came on. It's like they they had the assistants keep coming around going, oh, they're coming in a minute. They're just playing a record. Uh, It's usually Tina Turner, but (laughs) on BBC Northampton, that sort of segues into a conversation with me. I haven't listened to which record they played. I have listened to us on the radio and yeah it is quite embarrassing I mean like then asking us like what do we think of the meerkat manor and we give our opinions and and then I say something weird let's uh, talk uh, to a couple who are enjoying the meerkat manor as much as us Donna and Neil I was just saying, this meerkat manor is better than some of my old student accommodation. It's making me a bit jealous. Well, yeah. It's brilliant. You think Castle Ashby is impressive. Look at this place. It's amazing. Three floors, 28 bedrooms. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I was just saying, is that you come to Castle Ashby, an ancestral period home. You, you get your walled gardens. Uh, you get your, your period features, your, your grand manor. Uh, and your meerkats and your marmosets as well. It's not out of place at all. It really isn't. It just fits in so well uh, with the whole atmosphere of the place. It's been a fan- much better day out than I thought it was going to be. It's been a lovely day out. What's been your, your highlight? Oh, um, trying the cheese. That's been great. <laughs> oh. The local foods have been really, really good. And having the local producers here to talk to, that was fantastic. Uh, the gardens are amazing. Yeah. Um, I do think I think the meerkats have got it for me, though. It's just the little faces, the little <laughs> eyes, the great little nose. stuff you 
as well that are around the county, and it's, it's surprising, isn't it? It is. It's very surprising. Um, I had no idea we had so many local cheeses or even ice cream producers. It's just not something you tend to think about coming from the county, is it? No, no. And I was trying goat ice cream today. Goat milk. Goat milk ice cream. It's not ice cream made of goats. Yeah, I was going to say, is that ice cream made of goats or do goats make the ice cream? No, wait, we just got to avoid the fur. It's just yeah. getting in your teeth. <laughs> I don't think I want any goat-related ice cream or meerkat related ice cream, actually. I'm just being... Can you milk a meerkat? <laughs> I'm going to leave that one there. Can you milk a meerkat? Thank you very much. That seems like a perfect way to end. Yeah, so give us a job, BBC. We're clearly excellent at sort of reacting to meerkats and coming up with quick witticisms like that. And if you want to see what I'm like as a roving reporter, well, I gave it a go, completely took advantage of your event, and then I went and interviewed some people who had stalls around the courtyard. I found some really interesting people to talk to. So I spoke with a, a couple of community groups. I spoke with the Happy Hood, and I spoke with the Northampton Sheds Association as well. So I've got a couple of those interviews coming up right now. Here's my interview with the happy hood a fantastic magazine which is available at different places around northampton and it's got some i've got an issue here with some cool stuff in it, including some poetry by trey ventor josh astrop and, and articles as well regarding the hope center and cafe track and the film festival and how you can solve social problems with goodwill and that's written by laura graham who is the person i am speaking to here so I'm actually being really cheeky and I'm piggybacking on the BBC's Northamptonshire Day. So there's lots of people walking around with microphones doing official recording and I'm sneaking around the back to sort of like interview people while I'm here. And I've come across this stall called The Happy Hood and I'm speaking to Laura Graham. Hello. Hello. So, Hi. Yeah. So is The Happy Hood you or is it a number of people? So The Happy Hood is a community group and we make a quarterly good news magazine. Um, we were sick of, of hearing all the bad news about Northampton so we decided we were going to do something about it. So a bunch of volunteers helped to create this um, good news magazine celebrating independent businesses, community groups, charities and people doing good stuff in the town. Um, so with the most recent issue, 33 people contributed in terms of art and words. Um, so yeah, we're really lucky to have so many uh, people in the community wanting to help out. Oh, that's brilliant. So um, talk me through, you've got some positive news. Are these news magazines? Yes. So, um, so we've got three on sale today. Um, and what they do is they um, are good news stories. So people will write in to me and say, oh, you know, my neighbour did this or um, the local school is doing that. Um, and then we will um, sort of find out about it and then put it into the magazine. Um, I'm also out and about in Northampton a lot, so I get to go and see um, all of the community groups and the people doing events and stuff. So it's just about celebrating all of the, the good things that are happening rather than just focusing on all the bad. Yeah, and they are they are very colourful. They're yes. very nice, very nicely yeah. designed. Yeah, well, we've got some lovely graphic designers and artists who help us make it look so beautiful um, because the idea is that we wanted it to be quite a... Just a, a really lovely thing for people to sit down with and look at and it not just be about the writing but about the artwork as well. 
Yeah, yeah, I heard you recommend to somebody it is ideal with tea and biscuits. Yes, I mean, that is how I prescribe it. So, you know, you need to sit down. And the idea is that you have to put your phone down as well. So we haven't put this magazine online and we never will. Um, and the, the point behind that is to make sure that people actually take a, a little rest from their screens and have something tangible and lovely that they can sit and read. That's good. Um, and, it, you know, obviously that does all sorts for the different parts of your brain that your screen won't do. So it, it's about... Um, Spreading a bit of happiness and well-being as well. Ah, oh, cool. As it is the technolo technological age, is there a, an online place where people can find out about it? Yes. So we have thehappyhood.com. So you can go and subscribe online and it will magically appear through your letterbox every quarter. Um, we're also on all of social media. So just search for The Happy Hood and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Okay. And what are the issues selling at? Um, so it's £2.50 per issue um, and if you subscribe um, you obviously have to pay some postage as well um, but it's less than £15 for a year so bargain. Yeah that's cool that's like three coffees or something like that. Isn't exactly it? yeah. I don't buy coffee I you can tell that's like three London pints. <laughs> yeah it, it actually is. I don't think you can even get a glass of wine locally for £5 so you know there you go. It's like two London wines. <laughs> yeah definitely. <laughs> Okay, that's been awesome talking to you. Thank, Thank you for talking. Thank you. Thanks. And this was my conversation with Bill, lovely Bill, of the Northampton Sheds Association. So another person that I've come across at the at BBC Northamptonshire Day is Bill Gill. And he is one of the people who is representing Northampton Community Sheds here today. Hello, Bill. Hello. How I'm are you Donna. doing? <laughs> Hi, um, how are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Good. Um, yeah. Northampton Community Sheds was originally Northampton Men's Shed, ah, yes. uh, but we now have lady members, uh, and Men's Sheds actually started in Australia, Did it? Uh, and oh. it's actually um, designed as a counterbalance towards knit and natter groups for the ladies. We had there was nothing for the blokes, ah. so they decided they'd set up Men's Sheds. It's a really good idea. Uh, well, it, it's a good idea. Bunch of guys get together. Uh, we do woodworking, we do computers, we've got an allotment, uh, a lot of banter, uh, prob mainly politically incorrect, uh, but, it, but it goes on. Uh, and we make things, people can make their own projects, um, or we do community projects, for instance the Beehive on, uh, up on the Market Harbour Road. Is that? Oh. They, they, they wanted some potting benches making, uh, but ones that you could drive a power wheelchair into. Oh, so we so we so we so we made those for them. Oh, that's brilliant! Um, and we do that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay, so somebody comes. Yeah. That, that so if somebody comes up with an idea or a problem. Any charity yeah. that yeah comes up with any ideas, contact us, and if we can, we'll make it for them. Oh, you know. brilliant! So what kind who, what kind of people come and join the community sheds then? Uh, well, we've got a, we've got a lot of retired people, um, but I mean we're open to people from eighteen upwards. Um, we have got a couple of young members. We've got about, I think we've got eight or ten lady members now. And it's interesting because the ladies bring a different viewpoint. Uh, I mean, one of our ladies, Sarah, she's, she's, she's an artist and she's actually a recognised artist. But she comes in and she brings the artistic flair in and comes up with ideas for things she wants to make. Uh, and then we have to apply logic <laughs> and common sense to whether we can make it. 
I mean, she made a, a wonderful barbecue the other week, but the actual barbecue was made uh, from the drum from a washing machine as the fire pit. Oh, no, that's a thing. I've seen those <laughs> yeah. done. Yeah, she made, we made one of those. We had one racket. in our garden for ages. Yeah, and things like that. Yeah, um, so we do all sorts of things. It's uh, so very innovative. Yeah. And, and, and get, is, it, is it good, do you think, to sort of counteract isolation? I think it is. Um, there's... It's like all the, the problem with isolation is people don't understand the difference between being alone and being lonely. Yeah. Some of us are quite happy on our own, <laughs> <laughs> but it's nice to mix with people occasionally. Yes. <laughs> Whereas people automatically think, oh, he's on his own, he must be lonely. Please go away, leave me in peace. <laughs> I have things to do. <laughs> but, Oh, thank you ever so much for talking to me. No problem. Right, um, right, so where can people find out about Northampton Community Sheds? Do you have an online presence? Uh, yes, we have. It's uh, two seconds. Oh. <laughs> You're walking over here now. I never will edit this. I never use it, so I have to look it up. There we are, yeah. NCS Sheds, all one word, .org .uk. Brilliant, okay. <laughs> and do you meet very often, is it once and a week? We, we meet uh, all day Tuesdays and on Friday mornings. But we're limited because we operate out of um, Spencer Contact, which is on Gladstone Crescent. And we've only got the room for sort of a day and a half a week. We're looking for more premises, bigger premises, that we can get into five days a week. Because we've got the demand, we just can't cover it. Ah, right. So if anyone does know anywhere where they can go, uh, ncssheds.org.uk. People, people frequently tell me where to go, but we'll not go into that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you ever so much, Bill. Thank, okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. And then this was what it was like. Just me and Neil walking around the gardens. So, Neil, we've had a lovely day, haven't we? It's been amazing. It's been really good fun. Oh, here we are walking in the gardens at Castle Ashby. Which is stunning, uh, with all the uh, stonework, oranges yeah. and Apparently houses. this bit is the butterfly garden. All right. Yeah, so we're just by the Triumphal Arch. It's just, yeah, oh yeah, I can see it. It looks a bit like an arch, <laughs> but there's a <laughs> greenhouse attached to it. And uh, yeah, we can see that, well, we'll just been in the fuchsia house over there that's the fuchsia Indeed. house unfortunately the top half of the garden the italian gardens and um, the other side of the triumphal arch is closed due to inclement weather yes it's been raining on us today but it keeps bursting out in sunshine sunshines and rainbows yeah <laughs> so i think we've missed the season for butterflies haven't we yeah yeah pretty much yeah there's still loads of flowers here. Yeah. And it's very pretty. And we've just had fun with frogs. Yeah, yeah. So I did, did, did tell a small child not to fish some newts. I didn't tell him off or anything, but, but a child asked me, can I, can I fish a newt out of the pond? And I said, well, the newt might not like it. And then I look and then Neil is helping another small child with a frog. <laughs> well, he wanted to see the frog. Yeah, and then the frog jumped out and swam away, and then the child was thinking, I'm going to grab that again. It's like, poor frog. <laughs> but, you know, it's amazing. There's a tiny little pond here, and it's full of frogs and newts and water boatmen. And... It's more of a fountain than a, <laughs> than a pond, in all honesty. Yeah, it's a it? fountain, but it's full of things. I've never seen a newt before in the wild. 
Have you not? No. We used to collect them when we were children. They weren't endangered then. Oh, I've collected plenty of minnows and sticklebacks, but um, not newts. But do remember, newts are endangered and should be left well alone. Yes, indeed. So don't touch the newts. <laughs> they swim really weirdly. They do. They, they sort do. of waggle. We know how frogs swim, just like me. <laughs> no, you, they can swim, unlike you. I can swim, I can swim. I just, I, I'm a particularly leggy version of swimming. This is the Birmingham mouse. Is it? Oh, oh, it's, it's full of chilli peppers and tomatoes and... Yeah, oh, these look nice. And everything you find in Birmingham. It, oh, there's a little guide to, the, to Scovilles on here. So, like, you took part in a chilli-eating contest once, didn't you? I did. And you're not going to do that again, are you? Never. Never. <laughs> Anything up to half a million scovilles, I'm okay. Above that, no, thank half you Half a million much. scovilles. Hang on. That's habaneros, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, habaneros are quite nice, aren't they? They are. And then the scoville heat units at the top of this, this thing is pure capsation. Capsicum. Caps, it says capsation, and then underneath US grade pepper spray. What's this? It tastes very nice. <laughs> <laughs> and yet they call it mace, which is nutmeg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, there's some lovely. I, I've, I'm growing a chili at home, but it sort of stopped. I, I had a few things, but we forgot to water it when I was I was in hospital, and it's got half a pepper growing on it now. So like I'll try again next year. Oh, they're pretty. They're so pretty. I like all the different colours. That was a huge pepper Californian wonder. And I like those one. Pepper golden cayenne. I think that's what we're trying to grow. But they didn't, they didn't catch. No, they are lovely. They're lovely little peppers. They look like the ones you get pickled from with your kebab. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Oh, I'm looking at this information on the wall here. It says that... These gardens were designed by Capability Brown. So, yeah, it's like most most of the sort of like Georgian houses you go to, there's they're designed by Capability Brown. The gardens, aren't they? We've well, got a few of his telltale features, like the ha ha's. Ha ha! <laughs> it's like it's always really funny when you don't see them and you break your ankle. <laughs> Which means you're just being a sheep. Yeah, they're designed to stop sheep from wandering into your croquet lawns. So, yeah. The main gardens of Castle Ashby were developed in the later 1860s in what was previously the kitchen garden. The main entrance into an archway at the northwest corner. Blah, 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 blah. But, yeah, it's great. So pretty in here. There's a lovely sign here oh. saying, private grounds, no entry. Yeah, but it's up a stone spiral staircase. To a roof. That yeah. looks so inviting. I, I, I love it. <laughs> but the staircase doesn't lead anywhere. No. But it leads to the roof of this thing, so I presume it's for fixing the greenhouse when things go wrong in the greenhouse. But, yeah. Let's leave the greenhouse now and see what else we can see in the garden. Oh, look. We've got some garden implements on the wall. They look about as old as ours. <laughs> yeah, proper Victorian. The Victorian garden scythe. And what's that? Some Aster garden shears. That's like, you know, when you, when you see those 12-string um, guitars. <laughs> it's a 12-string shears. Isn't it? Yeah. It's like, if you, I don't know, I'm, I'm not satisfied with lopping off one head at once. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut off four heads at once. 
Yeah, so feel free so, to. So, Donna, how do you feel your audition went today for BBC Radio Northamptonshire? Well, I think it went all right. I think it went all right. Yeah, fine, actually. But let's face it, um, there was a guy in front of us called Nick Stepani, and. Oh, he's very good. <laughs> he's very good. He's a professional. He works for ITV. Yeah. He's warm up for loose women, and he was telling us some things which we will not repeat. And he does studio tours. Yes, oh yes. So he was very good, and he was very confident, and, and we, he sounded. So I think if anyone's in with a chance, it's it's that guy. Um, yes. Oh look, we're walking around the gardens, and we can see our friends. I'm recording a podcast. Hello. <laughs> so you see, BBC, we could even do Claire Balding's job, just walking around, talking while rambling, or rambling while talking. See, it's easy. We can do that. So now we come to the part of the podcast where I have been begging the BBC to let me be a writer of comedy again. Uh, I've had a full complement of rejects this week for News Jack. Not one thing was picked. And quite frankly, I don't know what they're doing. Here are my one-liners for the week. First of all, we've got breaking news. A French woman has discovered a painting kept over a hot plate in her kitchen is a Renaissance masterpiece worth six million euros. She was shocked to find out she was steaming rich. Labour have announced plans to scrap private education. Rich parents have described the prospect as harrowing. The President of the Supreme Court, Lady Baroness Hale, announced the ruling that suspending Parliament was unlawful while wearing a huge diamante brooch of a camel spider. As soon as it went live on the web, Boris Johnson had the hump. Okay, about my one-liners there, I think um, they did choose the same topics as a couple of them for their good week, bad weeks, but I think my jokes are stronger in these one-liners than the ones that they chose for those topics, so I don't know what they're doing, quite frankly. And now time for my good weeks, bad weeks. It has been a bad week for Boris Johnson, accused of impropriety after it was revealed he helped secure trade missions and grants while he was the Mayor of London for his friend with benefits. It has been a good week for his friend, Jennifer Akuri, as it looks like she got at least £127,000 worth of benefits. It's been a bad week for Gucci after model Aisha Tan-Jones staged a silent catwalk protest against their straitjacket designs. It's been a good week for fans of fashion protests, as in Aisha Tan-Jones, they probably found their asylum. It's been a good week for Google, who have won a landmark case saying they do not have to apply the EU's right-to-be-forgotten laws elsewhere in the world. It has therefore been a bad week for what's-his-name, who did that thing, you know? So, about my good weeks, bad weeks, I think they're not so strong this week. Well, my first one, I think, is too highbrow for Newsjack. I think it's more of a private eye kind of droll pun dig thing. I don't like my second one at all. I mean, I just thought that Aish Tan Jones's protest was really clever. Mental health is not fashion. So I just thought the news story did stick out at me. But at the same time, I didn't want to make a mental health pun because that would be just as bad. So I think I used the wordage that associated with you know, very old-fashioned views of mental health and mental mental care and put them alongside each other. But I think that makes it not very strong. My third good week, bad week, I think is a lot stronger than the one line that they did choose on the show. Right, so now we're going to have a go at a sketch. Good grief, I'm going to have to try and find some action thriller music from somewhere. Maybe I'll hum it. 
It's supposed to be like Taken, but if you listened to the music for Taken, it's really dweeby. <laughs> Just like many holidaymakers needlessly do with their diets before they jet off, this week the UK's longest-running travel agent, Thomas Cook, has gone into compulsory liquidation. But thousands of holidaymakers needed to be repatriated by our government, so forget no carbs before marbs. More like, no marbs, get Dominic Rob. Even more worrying, some hotels panicked that they weren't going to get paid and decided to stop tourists from leaving, effectively taking them hostage. Good job that wasn't for long, or it might have been a bit of a stretch for our foreign minister. Oh, me too, Sandra. This extremely cheap, all-inclusive holiday in Marbella has been lovely. And cheap. Much cheaper than our friends with kids had to pay. And to think when we booked it, our friends said we'd be scuppered by Brexit. I feel so smug now. So smug. Little did they suspect their goose was about to be Thomas Cooked. Oh no! Our holiday firm has collapsed and we've been taken hostage by our hotel. Now we can't leave Spain with its gorgeous weather and get back to boring work in Wolverhampton on Monday. Oh no. Is the bar still free? Only one man could save them now. Hello, this is Dominic Raab. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. I really should have done better research. If you're looking for a company bailout, I can tell you that I don't have money. Well, not the 200 million pounds you asked for. We might be able to scrape together the 600 million pounds to not save you. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills like seeing how many A's I can fit into my name without you noticing. It's three. And knowing about how busy the port is between Dover and Calais. I just learnt that. It's very busy. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Well, for anyone really. If you let the tourists go now, that'll be the end of it. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you and I will... Hang on, where is Marbella again? Is that in Northern or Southern Ireland? So, once again, a little bit of silliness. Um, yeah, I've got some good bits in that sketch, but there's a lot of long bits before we get to a punchline. So, yeah, tighten it up, tighten it up. <laughs> I promise you I have done for this week. Anyway, I'm trying. I'm trying, that's, that's all I can say. I'm very trying. <laughs> so anyway, I hope you, you've liked this podcast. And if you have, please like it, share it, tell all your friends. If you can, give me a lovely five or four star review on iTunes. And I will see you next week. So this has been Donna Scott signing out. You've been listening to The Lemonade Budget for Champagne Social Butterflies with Donna Scott. The music was It Looks Like the Future But It Feels Like the Past by Dr Turtle.